I'm Carrie. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the Love and Nonsense Podcast. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Stephanie. So we are back to review the last movies of May from Hallmark, which are Romance to the Rescue and Rip in Time. And I think we both actually kind of liked these movies, maybe? Yes. Kind of? I have, okay. I have I have thoughts. There are things about both of them that I didn't love, but they definitely were not that road trip movie. We're butlers in love. So there's that. It was better than, they were both better than I expected them to be. So maybe that's why I feel better about them. The first one we're going to cover is Romance to the Rescue with Andrea Brooks and Marcus Rosner, where she lies to a guy who she's newly crushing on and is also her boss about having a dog and that the dog is an agility course running dog. And so they're going to compete in an upcoming competition that her company sponsors. This was like one of the more bonkers (laughs) storylines. Okay, so I agree. It did work out a little bit better than I anticipated going into it because it was kind of the friend who said it and not yeah, her. Yeah, but it was still pretty dumb because it the way it happened was they were trying to upstage a female coworker who was also trying to impress this new guy. And so she's like, oh, I have a dog. And he's like, I have a dog too. And then the friend's like, oh, what's her face as a dog? And then it kind of blew up from there. It just seemed really silly. I was still yeah. like, eh. And I have a question. So yeah. the coworker was very unlikable, the other girl that was after the guy. Mm-hmm. Why was she calling her keener? She was calling her keener? Yeah, she kept calling her like as if that's an insult. I don't know what it means. I don't know. I didn't. I was like, why is she calling her? Was that her not her last name or something? No, her last name was Fowler. Oh, I didn't even notice that. So I don't know. She said it like four times and I was like, she kept being like, okay, Keener. And I was like, this is such a weird insult. Is Am I missing something? <laughs> I guess you missed it too because you didn't even hear it. Yeah, maybe it's but, Canadian. <laughs> maybe it's a Canadian insult. Maybe. I'm, I'm like tempted to like Google it now because I thought for sure you would know what it was and you'd answer no, my question. But I really didn't even notice that. Mm-mm. Keener, a person who wails or sings in grief for a dead person. A person who is extremely eager, zealous, or enthusiastic. Okay, I agree with her. That's it. Okay. <laughs> because that was actually wow. going to be one of my comments is that the first half of the movie, she was way too perky. You know, she was very perky, but for some reason... It didn't bother me because I did feel like she was somewhat grounded. Like, I don't know. She still was able to be kind of serious. I just think that the beginning of the movie, they just moved so fast with, you know, I'm going to get this job. I got this job. I checked it off my list. I'm going to get promoted. She gets the, you know, they moved very fast to like show her going through her list which was kind of like, that could be kind of annoying. But then after they slowed down, I feel like her perkiness kind of slowed down. I don't know. It didn't bother me. It did me, the first half. The second half, I liked her much better, and then I could actually get into the story. Well, I actually, I really liked Marcus's character, and I appreciated the fact, you know, we know that she was going to get this dog for, I I wouldn't say nefarious reasons. And it's not like she planned on getting a dog and then returning it. But he really did like try vetting her and was like, I don't know. Like, what are you going to do with this dog during this time? Are you going to, you know, and then didn't think she was right for a dog because of her answer. So I was like, I appreciate this. And then she, you know, 
laid it on with her sad sob story. So he gave her a talk. (laughs) The only good thing about her is that she is definitely one of those people who is like not going to let something stop her from doing it. Anything from stop Mm -hmm. her from doing it, which I have a trouble dog. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of be that way. (laughs) Yeah. And I think she was a good counterbalance to Marcus's character because she was kind of a go-getter, didn't really let anything stop her. And he was more reluctant and reserved. And he like needed that push to like do more and realize like, oh yeah, someone could like me and they could want to hang out with me. I don't know. I just thought his character was really cute. Yeah, I liked him a lot too. Well, we didn't take a lot of notes, so we're just going to skip right to ratings. So for setting, I gave it a four because they had the same retreat cabins as Warming Up to You that I loved at the dog rescue. I did not even notice that. Not what? Not a little bit. That was like the first thing. I was like, oh my gosh, it's those cute cabins again. But why Why do they have cabins at the rescue? Well, one was his office and then oh. another one, the rest of them had like the dogs in them. I don't know how it worked exactly, but it was cute. And I liked her house as well. And she had a very nice view. It was just a really nice house. I agree. I liked her house and I liked his house. They both had great houses. And I loved the little house dog crate. Oh, yeah. That was cute when she was trying to find him a place to sleep. Oh, Sam. That was a really cute dog. It was a really cute dog. Energetic, too energetic for me, but kind of fit her, I guess, in the end because she was super energetic as well. So they fit. Yep. She, they just needed to get used to each other. And then style, I gave it a three. I thought Marcus looked good the whole time. And I don't think she looked bad, but she was wearing those kinds of summer clothes that look like the uncomfortable fabric, like the stiff linen or something that holds its shape and doesn't really breathe well. I was like, this just looks so awkward on her and uncomfortable. Oh, I thought she looked cute. I gave it a four. Specifically, I really like the dress at the end with the blue jean jacket and the the top and blue jeans that she was wearing when they were baking the second time. That was a really cute outfit, so I gave it a four because I did notice. And then storyline, I gave it a three, which kind of seems low to me because I I did like this movie, and I thought there were a lot of cute scenes, like when they were at the park and they were swinging, and she just jumped off her swing and into his arms. <laughs> like they, I think they watched Homeward Bound together and like cried. So I felt like there were a lot of good moments. But I don't know. What about you? Well, I gave it a four, mostly because of the score that I gave Rip and Time. Oh, okay. So not to like (laughs) get there, but I wanted it to be higher than that because I did like it better. But oh, really? I feel like the second half of the movie made up for the parts at the beginning that I didn't like, like the stupid part of the storyline. You kind of got it out early. I did like appreciate the fact that she like create and market my own thing. And then she's like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I already found my perfect partner. She marked that off too. There were several things about it. And I really liked her apology at the end and how she just like blurts it out that she loves him. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cute. The only thing that I really did not like, and I know you'll be so surprised. The public kiss. Yes, I hated that. I was like, this is so stupid. Well, I actually thought it was cute because she climbed through the little doggy obstacle course tunnel and he was at the end to kiss her and it was a panoramic shot of the kiss and I was like oh 
oh, this is kind of sweet. See, and it would have been the real- I love you's did seem quick. I agree, but I feel like I don't know how much time. Now, I did have I did take issue with like her going to his house and his sister showing up for dinner and it being like we've run the course once. Okay, let's just do it one more time. That'll be enough practice. Mm-hmm. I was like you need more practice. <laughs> but and I actually felt like there should have been more to the ending. Yeah, I could see that too. I just felt like the second half was better and the I love you's didn't bother me because I felt like it could have been plenty of time. I mean, I don't know how much time they said it could be, but you could tell somebody that you love them within a month. You know what I'm saying? Like you get mm-hmm. those puppy love feelings and stuff. And there were dogs. So that makes it better for me. All right. Well, despite my three for the storyline, I did give it a love. I mean, it's a middle of the line love, but it's a love. Me too. And then I know we're not ranking it for like seasons because, you know, these aren't really season. fitting anywhere. But I did think that that this movie looked like it wanted to be a fall movie. There were a oh. lot of actual like changing leaves and trees and didn't even I think that. some of his outfits were fall like. Yeah, so I was I won I had the same feeling while watching Rip and Time actually too. I wonder if these were supposed to be like fall and then they just switched them for some reason. I mean, they weren't over the top fall, obviously. It wasn't like pumpkins and everything, but I did think it could have been a fall movie. I felt like this one was appropriate for summer. It didn't seem like nobody. I don't think I remember anybody like wearing boots and stuff like <laughs> like what's her name in that one movie. And I was like, this is oh, not a spring The movie. hallmark staple of a fall movie, boots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's Romance to the Rescue, which Carrie apparently liked better than Rip in Time, which we're talking about next. <laughs> which Stephanie apparently didn't. Uh, yeah. So this had Niall Mater and Tori DeVito, and he is from like 1789, Rip Van Winkle's son, Rip Van Winkle Jr., and he ends up in the future at Tori's farm with her son and her father. Carrie, take it away. <laughs> okay, I will I will start <laughs> off with my biggest pro of the entire movie, which you'll be like, I can't believe that you're going to say this is your biggest pro for the entire movie. It definitely mm-hmm. was better than I expected it to be. So that, that I mean, that is a pro in and of itself. But the thing that really made this thing, this happened early on, I thought this isn't going to be as bad as I thought it was going to be, was the conversation <laughs> about bacon. Oh. And he was like, they're like, well, bacon can be made out of tofu. And he's like, what's tofu? And she's like, vegetable. She's He's like, meatless meat. <laughs> And then she's like, we're turkey. And he's like, what? (laughs) He was so offended about that. And I was like, this is a man after my own heart offended by turkey bacon. Yeah, I think Niall had a lot of good lines. And he was really funny without being intentionally funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like his, you know, culture shock time difference thing worked a lot better with dialogue than perhaps we've seen in the past. Like, obviously, we had that one Ryan Pavey part in that time, Timeless Christmas. I think that's what it's called. I wanted to call it Time Travel Christmas. But other than that, I don't remember Niall being, or I mean, I don't remember Ryan being particularly funny, like unintentionally even in that movie. Oh, I so, thought Ryan was really funny in that movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I don't remember him being that way. I guess I need to rewatch it. But I laughed a lot, more so in the beginning when we're setting all the stuff up. I did laugh at, I feel like Niall still had that cut on his face, and so they decided to take full advantage of his beard still <laughs> from the Aurora Tea Garden movie. That is true. And like, 
worked with it until they trimmed it down. So just to set the stage, just in case you hadn't heard the story, for the Aurora Tea Gardens, Niall had this really thick beard. And everybody's like, why does Niall have this really thick beard? He almost doesn't look like himself. And it turned out that he had gotten cut a gash on his face, like near his lip, and it could not be covered up. It was so bad. He had to have stitches, I think. And so their solution was just to grow the beard because he grows a really thick beard. And then... Mm -hmm move past it so he did have a beard it was not nearly as thick this time though it was definitely stubbly <laughs> but i thought the same thing i mean it kind of worked like i don't know it was a lot <laughs> it, but it made me laugh i thought his flashback memories were kind of cool and different especially because we've talked about how hallmark doesn't do historical pieces like anymore <laughs> Mm-hmm. And even their time travel ones, they're always going to the future. So we never really see much of the past. Well, they gave Niles' character a whole backstory tale in the 1700s. Granted, it was a lot of exposition, like him just talking over scenes. But it was nice having like 10 minutes in the 1700s with costumes and like war reenactments because it was a revolutionary war. So I did like that. And I wish... Since we know that they can do it for at least 10 minutes, we could have a whole movie of something like that. I agree. And maybe something like this would make them more interested in doing it. You know, like if this is popular enough, maybe they'll be like, oh, maybe we should try some more historical stuff. Yeah. Instead of, oh, maybe we should try some more time travel stuff. Because no, you should not (laughs) try some more time travel stuff. They even tried to get a scientist in here to say, theoretically, you could have time traveled. And that was a bit over the top for me. Well, what was weird about that part to me is I was like, most of these movies, people are scared to contact people or tell people because they're afraid they're going to get put in like some in, like insane asylum or doing tons of tests on them and stuff like that. So I was like, you're mm-hmm. going to a lady at a hospital and you're going to this quantum physicist. Are you, are you not, you don't have this concern at all? Well, you know, I actually liked the fact that Tori's character looked up this PTSD specialist and thought that this whole memory time travel thing with Niall was a PTSD symptom and having him checked out. I did like that part. It was when we started getting into, well, once, you know, realistic theories don't start making sense, we have to think out of the box and we're going to send you to our quantum physicist. (laughs) I think the last part that like before we can just skip to ratings and I did text you this Carrie is that Niall made a really good romance hero in this movie (laughs) because he was milking cows and you know cutting wood and doing farmhand stuff and his white linen shirt had a deep v i was like what the heck is like he looked like he belonged on the cover of a romance novel and then he took his shirt off and switched to something else and obviously we had tori staring and he was giving off major vibes in this movie (laughs) yes he was and I'm not like, I don't read a ton of historical fiction except for, except for your stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I could see where you would appreciate that. This is one of the funny parts because I'm thinking of it now. I really disliked the hair situation he had going on when he first showed up. But the thing with the buzzer mm-hmm. clippers was hilarious. Although I'm not quite sure why you needed clippers instead of just scissors because it's not like he got a buzz cut or anything. His hair was still really pretty long. I don't know, but it was funny. I liked that scene. <laughs> And I just thought of another kind of funny scene that was different for Hallmark. So they were in New York and they were talking about their past. Oh, yeah. 
and she was talking about her child's father and Niall had just assumed like he had died or something and he assumed that they were married and then she just called him what he was she's like oh no my baby daddy and he <laughs> was like words. what <laughs> two words I never thought I'd hear on Hallmark her baby daddy like oh my gosh yep. I mean I guess kudos for branching out okay so setting we can rank it now okay I gave the setting a five because I thought it was very cinematic looking with the mountains and the house and the shots they got. It was very, very pretty. It was pretty. Uh I gave it a four. For New York? Well, New York, I did love that scene and him being like, oh my gosh, what is going on with me in Times Square was kind of funny. But I loved the the house that he grew up in. Mm. And I did appreciate the fact that it was not like the primary home, like they hadn't added on to it or whatever. It was like this other. So he gets there and doesn't realize that it's there, you know? Yeah. I did think that was really cute. Man, I'm surprised you didn't notice the scenery. I know. I don't know. <laughs> this was another one that I thought was kind of fall looking, actually. I didn't notice that at all. I, again, though, have been having that problem with my television. So I've been watching these on my phone. So I think that could be <laughs> adding to it. Yeah, that that's definitely the problem. <laughs> Carrie's phone. Style, I gave it a four because I liked that they did the historical clothing. And I actually really liked her outfits. She had this yellow checkered shirt that I just really liked and was cute. I gave it a three. I couldn't think of anything that was like stand out to me. I did think her dress was cute that they wore to the whatever that thing they went to. Some festival, what's a magic. Which it was cute when he asked them to play a ballad and then they danced. That was cute. It was so sweet. It's like, oh my gosh. And then they kissed in the rain prior to the end of the movie. That was cute. And he was all, I'm a man of honor. And normally I do, you know, courtship or whatever. And she's just like, kissing him i was like this is so sweet be my baby Anywho. daddy oh my gosh <laughs> be my second baby daddy <laughs> it was obviously better than the first one <laughs> yeah obviously Whew. and then storyline you're gonna love this carrie i gave it a five because <gasps> i know it was unique and it fit a lot in without feeling like too much and i just feel like they really because you know i thought this was going to be the dumbest freaking movie really dumb but i feel like they pulled it off and then even to circle back where his backpack went to the past and his dad read his journal and there was kind of this resolution between the father and son relationship i just i don't know it worked for me okay here's where my issue comes in with the storyline i gave storyline a three and a half because it was definitely better than i thought it was going to be okay which is why i gave the other one a four (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but My biggest issue with the storyline is that in the Rip Van Winkle story, the guy falls asleep for 20 years. But in the Rip Van Winkle Jr., who goes to the same place, drinks the same thing, he travels to the future. I mean, it's a magical cave, Carrie. It doesn't have to do the exact same thing. It's not an exact science. But wouldn't you think that if you drink a drink that put you to sleep for 20 years, the next time you drank the drink, it would put you to sleep for 20 years? Maybe what the cave does is give you what you need. So the dad was kind of a terrible person. He slept for so he 20 needed years. He a timeout? Yeah. And he came back and learned to appreciate the things in his life. What's his face? wasn't fitting in in his own time period so they sent him ahead to a family that needed him and that he needed them in return and in the end fixed the relationship between the father and son 
that wouldn't have been fixed if he hadn't gone forward in time. Okay, so what you're telling me is that this is that this is the mirror of yours. I can never say this word from Harry Potter, where you look in it and you see what your heart longs for the most is what you think this magic was. It gives you what you need. Yeah, I like this theory better. (laughs) (laughs) It's better than yours. It drops it down to a three and a half because he didn't sleep for just 20 years. Okay, but then the other thing that I really, really, really did not like about this movie was Mm -hmm. Ted. Ted, she was clearly not into him, and it's kind Mm -hmm. of her fault because she should have just told him no Yeah, because you could tell she did not want to go out with him, but she was just being too nice to really turn him down, so she was saying accepting dates. But then he comes out, and he's like, I love this woman. You guys aren't in a relationship. I know that you can love someone that you're not in a relationship with, but it was just like... I just don't like these stories where the guys are like such jerks. Not that it doesn't happen in real life. It's just that it drives me crazy. (laughs) Well, you know what? I didn't care for his character either, but I did think while watching it and while he had that like talk with Niall to basically leave that they were really trying to because normally I feel like their love triangles aren't very like intense and I feel like his character was really intense to push this love triangle now, it was like over dramatic because they, I think they were really trying to be that way, which I, I don't know. I feel like it is a bit more interesting for the guy to be like, I love her, even though you're like, dude, what's wrong with you? She don't love you. And like, you're making them the laughing stock of the whole town kind of thing versus, oh, me and her just hung out for lunch today. And then they think, oh, they're getting back, you know, that they're in love. So I did kind of like that conversation better even though it was over the top. I did not like that conversation because she's clearly a woman who makes decisions, can take care of herself. And if she's made the decision, I didn't feel like he, the only person that looked like they were stupid or like making them look like a fool was the guy who's trying to sell things as what they're not. Like, oh, look at these old farming tools. Well, that's a kid's toy. You know, like Mm -hmm. that's the only guy that I, I was like, I don't think that the, and I don't think that the town felt that way. That's, you know, that was very disingenuous i feel like of a statement i think that's the point they're trying to make him a little worse well because i feel like yeah because normally hallmark keeps their people pretty bland i don't know i wouldn't say he still is not bland but they gave him more of a man this guy really isn't good kind of like what they did with uh the the road trip romance best friend in the wedding when she's like oh the wedding's at a different church now they saved it before she was truly (laughs) mean And like the sister missed the wedding, but I felt like it was something like that where we're going to give you something truly awful to say or do. Yeah, but I feel like in these situations where the third in the love triangle like scares off the person, they're generally jerky kind of people. I feel like you don't like them from the beginning, kind of like just one kiss guy. And Mm -hmm. I can't think of any other ones, but there's been several that it's like they're very much jerks from the beginning and you do not. Well, I feel like just one kiss guy is still part of like this new storytelling direction they're going. No, I'd agree, but that's just the one that I could think of straight off. I know that there were other, there's been other ones where that has happened and we've, had conversations where we're like oh my gosh that guy was such a jerk and usually when they are the exes that they've broken up with you're like there's a reason why you're not with them. <laughs> when the person comes back around at the end is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. and tries to scare off the other person it's usually yeah. because they're a jerk 
Well, he did try to have poor Niall committed, so yep, not great. I still gave this, obviously, this movie a love. I don't know what you gave it. I'm going to give it a barely a nonsense. Okay. Just to be different. <laughs> what was your favorite May, May movie? Okay. I got to like remember all of them. All right. It started with Warming Up to You and then Road Trip Romance, Romance to the Rescue, Heart of the Matter, and Rip in Time. All right. Hmm. My favorite one. It's a toss up between Warming Up to You and Rip in Time. I'm leaning towards Warming Up to You, but those would probably be my one and two. I'm going Warming Up to You. And then I'm going Romance to the Rescue. Yeah, so Romance to the Rescue would be my third, which is basically my second since the other two tied. My third would be Rip in Time. Okay. Then Heart of the Matter. So we're agreed on those first three. And yeah, I think I would say Heart of the Matter and then Road Trip Romance. Yep. Even poor Road Trip Romance and Natalie Hall got outshone by Rip in Time, the ridiculous <laughs> time travel storyline. Mm-mm-mm. I actually had Rippin' Time as last on my guesses of where we would be. I don't remember what I had on my guesses. Well, I still should. feel like I put probably Natalie's at the end. I can't remember. I put it as four, but Rippin' Time was last because it seemed so absurd. Yeah, I feel like I did rank it pretty far down there. I know when we first read it, we're like, what the heck is this? The dumbest thing ever. But it turned out much better than expected and just better than expected for Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it was much better than expected. It just was not. I just really took issue with the with the inconsistencies in the story. The bacon line okay. won me over, though, <clears throat> at least a little bit. <laughs> at least there was something that won you over. So next time we are going to preview the Summer Nights movies. We messed up on our timing because this is going to come out right before the first one starts. So we're going to talk about that one real quick right now. And Carrie's got the movie. Okay, it's called Hidden Gems. And it's the summary is that while prepping for her sister's wedding, Addie loses her grandmother's ring in the waters of Hawaii. She hires Sailor Jack to scuba dive with her to find it and rediscovers her love of the sea. Starring Hunter King and Bo Murchoff. I don't know either one of these people, I don't think. Well, I recognize them. I did not look up to see what they were in. I'm fairly certain, though, that Hunter King, the she's the heroine, is probably related to, oh my gosh, now I can't remember, another actress, and she's in the Kissing Booth movies on Netflix, Joey King. That's who her sister is. And Joey King, I would say, is more popular than, or at least more prolific, like she's been in more mainstream type things. Because I was like, Hunter looks so familiar. <laughs> And then I saw her last name and I realized why she looked familiar. That's my take on those two. Storyline, meh. I did see a sneak peek during one of the movie commercials. It kind of looked up. I don't know. I don't have it's high hopes, in, basically. It's in Hawaii, so at least it has that going for it. And I don't know her from anything. And Bo, the Fosters, he was in three episodes of the Fosters. I never watched that. I didn't either. But I thought people might know what it is. <laughs> a lot of his other stuff I do not know. Desperate Housewives. He was Danny Bolin in Desperate Housewives, but I don't I don't remember that character. Oh, he was Ben Stillman in Heartland. Huh. Yeah, that's not what I know him from. Now I'm going to have to look this. Let me see. She doesn't even have this movie on her IMDb. He doesn't either. Good Trouble. I might recognize him from that because I've seen some episodes of that. Is Good Trouble? A it's a spinoff of the Fosters. I was going to say because he's got the same name in both of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was in Wizards of Waverly Place 
the Wizards Return Alex versus Alex TV movie. I actually don't know if I've seen that. <laughs> uh, he was in I Am Number Four, which it's been a while since I've seen that movie. I have not seen that. But his face is familiar to me. I'm guessing because of those things. Well, I guess we'll know him after this. Yeah, and may have an opinion. Hopefully it's a good opinion, but I really, I don't know. I do like their poster though or the like cover thing that they have on hallmark it's pretty Mm -hmm. all right so that movie is airing saturday june 4th and then our next episode will actually go over the rest of the movies in time for y'all to decide if you want to watch them yep okay bye (laughs) (laughs) we're so weird so subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when we have new episodes release and if you're on apple podcast We'd love it if you'd leave us a review. Apparently, those are really super helpful in getting your podcast seen and our social media. Yes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love and Nonsense Podcast. Talk to you later. Bye.